Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another week, another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. We're very excited to be back here. Is this 15 or 14 now? 14, 15? I'm sorry. I lose track. We've had so many. I Off the top track. of my head, I couldn't tell you, to be honest, yeah. which means we're doing something right if we're still doing this. Yep, probably. Um, again, as always, thanks for listening, guys. It really means a lot to us that you've kind of stuck with us. And I know most of you guys are friends and family, so we definitely do appreciate it. It means a lot to both of us. So thank you so much. Uh, we're going to kind of jump into it right away. Not a lot of solid super news this week. A bunch of kind of little tidbits. We have a box office recap. We have a new, a new, hopefully a regular monthly segment we're going to do based on Joe's recommendation. Um, and then we have some some DC stuff. And Being Joe has stuff. some research that stuff that he that I assigned to him that he's going to kind of go over. Um, but let's kind of review the the weekend box office real quick. Uh, no surprise. Predator did top the box office, did $24 million domestically, did $54 million worldwide. Um, Not a great return, but an okay return. Um, Predator was featured mainly in IMAX theaters. It'll be in IMAX for a couple weeks. Um, The Nun made a big drop, which is not surprising, all the way to $18.2 million. Uh, One of the newcomers of the week was A Simple Favor, which had about $16 million dollars. Uh, opening, it's actually of the three films that we've, we're going to talk about this week that are the new films. This was actually the highest rated new film. It was at 82%. It's the Paul Feig film uh, with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. Uh, White Boy Rick uh, had about $8.5 million. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians was around that same. The big number for Crazy Rich Asians, it's already at $190 million worldwide. It'll soon pass $200 million worldwide. Uh, on a $20 million budget, that's pretty fantastic. That's a huge, huge win for Warner Brothers. Obviously has some huge uh, cultural significance as well. Um, again, I would recommend seeing Crazy Rich Asians. I do think it's a really well, really well-made film um, and, and just enjoyable. Now, you and I did see some films this week, Joe. We did. We did. Um, first, we're going to talk about the first film that we saw we saw Operation Finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I saw that together. So go ahead and give me your... We talked a little bit about it, but go ahead and give me your impression. Tell me what you thought. My question for you is, is it Finale or Finale? Because I can... I, I honestly don't know. I can't get it right. I think it's Finale. Finale? Because the okay. E okay. at the end. Anyway. Um, that's, anyway. I, that's, just, that's just something that popped up into my head. As, as, as I kept trying to say the film and think about the film, was it Finale or Finale? Finale or Finale? I think I heard someone else say finale, so I think okay. that's why I go okay. with finale. But everyone knows what we're talking about. Anyway, though. it's the movie with Oscar Isaac and Ben Kingsley. It's it takes place, I guess, post World War Two in the nineteen eighties, sixties. I think it's sixties, seventies. So okay. it's a little bit after World War Two. Um, what I thought about the movie, I it reminded me of a similar movie that I've seen where they try to catch like a uh, a Nazi uh, general. A movie I saw a while ago that came out, um, and I'm not sure when it came out. I think it's 2010. It was called The Debt with Helen Mirren. It had a very, very similar type plot in that they're trying to, um, you know, smuggle out a Nazi German, uh, general of some kind or a Nazi uh, war criminal who is kind of hide, hidden undercover. And, you know, it's just about that, that kind of story. So it wasn't anything that I hadn't seen before, but I did think Ben Kingsley and Oscar Isaac were the highlights of the film for me. Um, I thought at to- I thought it was very suspenseful. You know, the music was great. It was by Alexander Desplat, who's done, who did Godzilla also. Done the Shape of Water. Yeah, he's, he's done many, he's done many popular movies um, lately. Academy Awards. Yeah, too. he won, yeah, did he? Oh, I didn't He won that. for the Shape of Water. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 it's very I, good. That's I, a great, that's a great call. I really enjoy his music. You know, it definitely set the mood. Um, it was a suspenseful movie, but if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it a B minus. Okay. Um, but that's just me. Um, 
Did, yeah. What, what did you think? About um, it? I the story was very interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know the story. It's a true story. So just learning about the history was very cool. The story of the characters. Um, it was average. I'd say we're probably around the same grade. Um, I, you know, I think it wants to be a, an awards contender, and it's probably not an awards contender. Yeah. Uh, critics tended to agree. Again, Rotten Tomatoes is not the be all end all of ratings. No. But it's just a good Barometer. overall view. Um, it was at a fifty eight percent, which might be a little bit low. But again, I could see why there's film criticism. Again, I think the two actors, uh, Kingsley and Isaac, were certainly fantastic in it. Uh, they played very well off each other. I'm just not sure it kind of takes it to the next level. But overall, it was a very enjoyable experience. I'm yeah. glad I saw it in theaters. Yeah, me too. Um, the next one is a film that you didn't see. I didn't see. Um, I did see. It was The Predator. Um, you didn't miss much. Um, there will be My review will be on Fanboy Planet in the next 24 hours or so, in case you want to get the full kind of scoop laid down. Um, I saw the original Predator, not in theaters, obviously. I saw it like in VHS sometime. Um, and it's a very what it was. It's a very cool sci-fi thriller, interesting character, interesting idea, um, and it was really suspenseful. And this, to me, wasn't suspenseful. And I'm not a huge fan of scary things or things popping out or just being scared, for for lack of a better word. And and I I was in the theater wishing out there were more of those suspenseful moments. Um, you were wishing, uh, yeah, and that's to me. That's kind of what the predator was. It's this this alien that comes from another planet. That basically, it is what it says. He's a predator. He's just killing for sport, basically. Um, and I, we didn't really get a lot of that. It felt like it was really trying to set up a franchise, kind of laying groundwork for future films. Um, it just it didn't it it didn't do it for me. It felt like a big budget action film. Um, in a Shane Black movie that didn't really coalesce, didn't really kind of fit. Um, critics, it gave it got around a thirty four percent Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, again, I'm not bad. surprised. Um, I'm surprised it led the led the box office this weekend. Yeah, I mean it's it's still a big name franchise. It's still again we're away from summer, so there's not a huge ton of tent poles right now. So I guess I'm not surprised. It did gobble up most of the IMAX theaters, so that kind of gives it a big boost. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Check out the full article on Fanboy Plan the next day or two. Um, the last film that we saw, this is a film we both saw together, was White Boy Rick. Yeah. Um, go ahead and give me what she thought about White Boy Rick, Joe. Um, like, uh, not to piggyback on some of the things you've said about Operation, about Predator, um, or excuse me, Operation Finale. Finale. Um, this was an interesting story to me. Um, a new up and coming actor. I, I, I did, I didn't get his name. Um, he played the role very well. I thought Matthew McConaughey was great in his role. He reminded me of, it reminded me of his role in Dallas Buyers Club. You know, he definitely shed a lot of weight for this and he plays, he's very versatile in that he can play a lot of different roles. And I like that about him. Um, in terms of the movie, um, it got 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think that's about where it's supposed to be. Um, this was also a movie that I think you and I had expectations that it could be a contender, and I don't think it could be an Oscar contender, and I don't think it lived up to those. Um, sure. There were plenty of moments that I sat in the theater, and I wasn't engrossed in the film, and I kind of was wondering, like, when's this going to be over, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, there, there were it had some moments like it, it was kind of a cross between a couple of different movies for me, like American Gangster meets Goodfellas kind of thing, where there's like an up and coming kid who's trying to make it, he was trying to make it big and get out of a, a crummy situation, financial situation, and uh, I mean, you know, it, it, like I said, the acting was good, the story was good, but it was it wasn't outstanding uh, in my opinion. Okay, um, like, fair enough. Like I said, both you and I were expecting this to be possibly an Oscar contender, but it didn't really live up to that. What sure. did you think? Um, again, maybe it sounds like I'm repeating myself. It was I I'd heard of the character of White Boy, not the character, the person of White Boy Rick. Um, so it was interesting to actually see the story of him. Um, again, I think you're right. It's not an Oscar contender. Um, I think McConaughey might be able to get a best supporting 
nomination. We'll, we'll see yeah. how we'll see what other. It's still early on, obviously. September is the first month, um, but I think he he was he was fantastic, yeah. and it um, you know it was okay. Um, I, I'm glad again. I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I, I experienced it, but nothing that I'm gonna rush back out to see. Um, but yeah, that, that's really all we have for this week. There's a couple interesting films opening up next week, including the Sisters Brothers. Colette opens up next week, which is Keira Knightley. Uh, we're starting to get some limited releases, things like that. So as soon as those come out, we'll let you know as well. Uh, really quick, we have just really sliver of a couple notes that I wrote down. Not a huge news week for whatever reason. Um, but in terms of news, I wrote down the Bond 25 villain. Joe alluded to this last week. There's an article that came out this week that he mentioned he was unsure if he's still in the film. Um, there's also a report that just came out that they are fully ditching uh, Danny Boyle's script. So it basically like they're starting over. Um, so that's they're clearly not going to make the November date for next year. Uh, it's going to be pushed back maybe a full year or so. Do you have anything to react on that? Because I knew you were high um, on the actor. Yeah, but he's I mean, not. Yeah, you he's, know, we don't really know what's happening. Yeah, we don't really know what's happening because, you, like, like you mentioned, he they're going to script, they're going to scrap the script, and uh, he may end up getting scrapped as well. They may go a different direction. Um, I know that. Uh, I, I'm going to butcher his name, Saeed Tagmawi. Okay. Uh, he, he's he was in Wonder Woman. He, I mean, I've seen him in a couple of the movies. He was in a movie with Don Cheadle called Traitor. I thought he played a great role there. Um, I could see him playing a villain. So, I mean, I, I was excited to see him, but we'll see. We'll, I mean, it's really just speculation at this point. Um, yeah, I don't think we're going to get anything for a while. Yeah, uh, in terms of Bond, because um, again, this should be which is good. Should I be think. literally filming like in the next month or so. Yeah, um, and so I mean we'll it's. See. I don't think Bond, I don't think the Bond franchise is such a strong franchise that we they can pump out a movie every year. So I'm kind of glad that there's breaks in between them because it kind of kind of makes you anticipate the film that much more when it finally does come out. Yeah, um, I still think this will definitely be Daniel Craig's last. I, I agree. film. Um, they haven't they haven't said it specifically, but he's hinted at it. Yeah, tremendously. So you know. Um, and he's a producer on the film, so he's been very, you know, adamant about the story and, and the script. And um, he was one of the people that were kind of not behind the ousting, but the mutual departure. Of oh, Danny he was. Boyle. Um, I mean, he I he and the that. producers kind of mentioned about how it was not the direction they wanted to go with the I character, see. with the story. Um, so you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, obviously, I'm a huge. I think we're both big James Bond fans. My mom is, so she's on pins and needles to see what's going to happen next. So as soon as something breaks, we'll obviously let you guys know. The next bit of a sliver of information, maybe there's not really a huge talking point on this, but again, um, we've talked about streaming and the the power of streaming. Um, Netflix scores the the rights to Steven Soderbergh's next film, which is called High Flying Bird. Uh, It's written by the Moonlight writer, uh, Terrell Terrell Alvin McCranny. Again, studios like Netflix and Amazon are mostly known for their TV deals, their TV shows, but they are starting to push into into films, um, which, again, is going to make it even more of a, I don't want to say crowded market, but, again, we've talked about Lots how... Lots of choices. Yeah, but, Lots again, we're, we're going to start to see a lot of these films, you know, maybe play in theaters for one or two weeks and then go directly to streaming services. Um, so, again... In theaters, you're really only going to get these kind of big budget type of things, which, you know, sucks because it, it's good to see these films in a theater. Do you have anything on that or we're good to move on? Or um, Just to piggyback on what you were saying, uh, we'll talk on – we'll touch on this a bit later. But actually movies I – would, I would agree with you 100 percent that I mean, there are many movies today, especially with the, with the advent of CGI and all that that they use in all the Marvel films and whatnot – that the films in the theater actually look better than they do on TV, and we'll get sure. into that later. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it, I, there's not much to go on in terms of the story about what the movie's about. I know it's a sports drama film, so that has nothing to do with the NBA. The only movies that I've really seen by him are the Oceans, are the Oceans trilogies. Yeah, um, I didn't see Oceans Eight, but he was involved in Oceans Eight also. Um, but 
you know, we there's not much really to go on there in terms of like yeah. what, what it's going to be about or who the actors are. But yeah, like you're saying, it is. It, uh, this isn't the first movie that they will put directly on Netflix, and it's not going to be the last. Yeah, we're we're starting to get um, like Martin Scorsese's next movie is going to be on Netflix. Um, Alfonso Cuarón's next movie is going to be on Netflix. Um, so again, it's money talks, and these Netflix is is buying up not the directors obviously, but the projects and and you know to get more subscribers to Netflix and things like that. Um, so it's it's an interesting debate and topic that's that is constantly evolving in terms of streaming versus studio films and things like that. Um, we'll let you know as, as soon as it comes up. The the film that the Chris Pine film I, I just lost the name yeah. off the top of my head. That's oh, obviously King. coming. Yeah, that's obviously that coming awesome. straight to Netflix. Yeah, in October. That's not even going to you know hit a theatrical release. Um, so again, Netflix is making a huge push for for films. Um, because that's kind of the next step for them. They've already kind of conquered the TV shows. Uh, the last thing was an interesting topic that come up. Yep, very um, some users uh, across a couple different platforms, um, specifically in iTunes, woke up one day to watch one of their films they had bought on iTunes and discovered that it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you ask it wasn't there if they bought the film? Well, iTunes simply licensed license the films from studios, production companies, whatever. Um, and if those studios, production companies take their licenses back or their contracts expire and they're not renewed, they technically revert back to the studio. So iTunes doesn't even own them. Um, so interesting. Again, we've talked about streaming services and all these things that are, you know, studios are going to get into the streaming service game because that is the future Cable is not the future. iTunes is in the future. Digital is not the future. It's it's all these streaming services are the future. Um, I've never bought a movie on iTunes. I've rented things on iTunes before, so I'm not necessarily worried. But I know people that have bought a ton of stuff on iTunes. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, yeah, just to kind of put my two cents in there. Um, I am a big proponent of iTunes and Apple uh, Apple products. Um I You're not getting paid though by Apple. No, or no, I'm not. But um, in terms of waking up one day to have my digital my my digital copy of a movie suddenly erased from the cloud, let that be a warning to all you people to actually download a copy of it and save it to like a hard drive of some kind because that's one of the like the I mean not to get off topic but one of the worst experiences I've had in my life was having my computer crash and lose all of my music um, because I didn't back it up. And not and this is kind of a similar type deal. I mean I mean it's it's if you purchase the movie you expect to have it. It's on your cloud or whatever it is, digital storage. Um, we're gonna probably see this happen more often than not, especially considering as you were saying, studios are gonna be contracts are gonna run out and studios are gonna take back their movies. Netflix is no longer gonna own movies i you know they never did they never did own the movies so you know this isn't this isn't going to be an isolated incident i don't think um so download your movies put them on a put them on a hard drive something um i may not have purchased a movie but i certainly have used digital copy at least about 50 times digital copy because i get a digital copy of the film i can bring it with me everywhere on my computer, my, my iPad, my iPod, whatever, a laptop. Um, but you can't have it. Um, the thing that bothered me the most was not having it, not having the actual file because it can, you know, you can get, it can get erased. It can get deleted. And this is just a prime example of that. So just, that would be my work. That would be my caution would be, would be to download those movies if possible and put them on an external hard drive storage area of some kind. Um, that's just that's yeah, just my. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good point. Just my little rant. Um, it's it's all good. Um, a lot of people have said that I own way too many DVDs, way too many Blu-rays, and I probably do. Um, but again, I but no one's gonna steal. Yeah, those. I, I own those copies. They are yeah. mine. Um, so you know, I'm not telling everybody to go out and worry about their their digital library, 
but it's it's something to to think about, especially in this day and age when streaming services are they're not just coming; they're here. Yeah. Um, so be prepared. Um, the next thing we're gonna do, um, we've given you guys book reviews or book. You know, suggestions. We've given you guys TV suggestions. Um, Joe thought it would be a good idea to do movie recommendations. Not movies currently playing. Um, so I said we'd compromise. We'd do one fanboy film, one classic film. So when I say fanboy film, I mean, you know, an intellectual property, a uh, franchise, something based on something, you know, things like that. Um, when I say a classic film, it doesn't have to be like a 1930s film. It can be any type of film that maybe doesn't fit a franchise genre, so it can be literally anything. Of course, you can say there's classic films that are franchises, things like that, but we want to try and distinguish it. Uh, so, Joe, why don't you go ahead and give me your fanboy film first? Well, I thought, um, in thinking, I, I, I agree. Similar to you, Mac, I have a pretty expansive movie collection, and so, but I wanted to pick a movie that I own first of all and I wanted to pick one that was re- that was related to the topics that we've been discussing and since we just took a trip to Disneyland I thought what better way to bring back the uh, the original movie Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl um, with Johnny Depp Orlando Bloom Jeffrey Rush and Keira Knightley I thought that was an amazing movie Johnny Depp not- knocked it out of the park and you know the music was intense it was it very much had the pirates feel to it, and not just because there were pirates in it, but they had scenes from the movie that were on the ride, and and they've incorporated characters from the movie series into the ride, vice versa. So I that was the movie that I picked. Um, I remember seeing that. Shout out to our friend Zach, who may be listening. Um, never show up late to a movie ever, because <laughs> you might miss the trailers. That's 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 what I learned from that experience. So that was your fanboy movie. Yeah, fanboy movie was Pirates of the Caribbean because it was the a franchise. It's a yeah, franchise. absolutely. Um, I'll go with my fanboy, then we'll go with your classic. My fanboy film is X Two X Men United. Um, it's the 2003, so it's the sequel to the first X Men. In my opinion, it's the best X Men film. I very much liked the first X-Men, but again, it, this was, you know, really pre-Spider-Man, pre-Marvel, pre-anything Marvel. I think the only Marvel property out there before that was Blade. So X-Men was really kind of just an introduction to these characters. X2 really kind of pushed the stakes, had a lot of great characters, really told the story of what the X-Men were actually about and what their struggles actually were. Uh, the film still holds up well. I think X2 is really when Hugh Jackman really kind of takes... Yep. The role of Wolverine in stride. Um, it introduces great characters like Stryker, uh, played by Brian Cox. It's it's such a wonderful film. Um, and X2 really, to me, still holds up as, as the best X-Men film, in my opinion. Um, go ahead and give me your classic film, Joe. Uh, well, I mean, again, similar to what we've been talking about, I could pick, I could pick from uh, uh, hundreds of movies that I have I decided to go with a movie that reminded me, as I mentioned earlier, of Operation Finale, this movie called The Debt. It's with Helen Mirren, Jessica Chastain, Tom Wilkinson, and Sam Worthington. It's very, very similar to Operation Finale, but I think it's better than Operation Finale. Um, The acting obviously has Jessica Chastain in it. She plays one of the characters trying to smuggle out the, uh, you know, Nazi war criminal and but a lot of the similar scenes, the similar interactions with, you know, the the people, uh, you know, the people who are trying to smuggle them out. They're just they're they're having conversations with this prisoner, and it's it's a really intense film. I mean, I thought it was great. It didn't. It it got seventy six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not. I mean, it's still pretty fresh, but it's not like the best movie you've ever seen. Okay. I wanted to pick a movie that was kind of under the radar, but as I said before, remind reminded me of the movie that we saw just recently, Operation Finale. I, I've never seen the debt, so I'll put that on my queue. Um, thank you for that. Uh, for me, I, I chose my quote unquote classic. It's probably not a classic film. Uh, it's a very very enjoyable film for me. I, I just randomly went through my collection like you, and I think I just kind of picked one. Um, I actually picked Troy. Uh, the Troy's 2004 awesome. film from Troy's Wolfgang awesome. Peterson. It's a very mixed film from people. Um, if you like those big budget adventure, 
kind of stories. It's based on obviously Greek mythology. Um, I really enjoy the film. I'm able to rewatch it every once in a while. It's got big action scenes, but it also has a lot of character work in it. I think it's one of Brad Pitt's best roles as Achilles. Uh, Eric Bana's in it. Orlando Bloom's in it. Brian Cox again is in it. Um, It's really kind of this. Yeah, it's really an expansive story. Um, I've seen the story told on stage before. It's obviously you read it in kind of Greek mythology and things like that. To see it on film, on screen was really, really cool. Um, so that's the film that I recommend. 2004, Wolfgang Peterson. Yeah. Uh, Troy is the film that I recommend. Um, if you like those big budget type of action films um, over, you know, kind of overextended lore, um, you'll like Troy. Great music in it, too. And has a, has a soundtrack by Josh Groban. Has a song by Josh Groban in nice. it. Nice. Um, yeah, just a great film. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, next up we have uh, I gave Joe a little research this week um, so he's gonna go ahead and lead us into the next topic so why don't you go ahead and give me what you got Joe okay um, basically what happened was um, and this wasn't really an isolated incident this is something that uh, uh, directors have been talking about for a while for a while but apparently Christopher Nolan and Paul Thomas Anderson who people refer to as PTA I didn't know that. Um, But they sent an email to the Directors Guild complaining basically about uh, TV smoothing. And basically what's going on is there's a a setting on 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 HDTVs which makes the picture look blurry because what it does is it force feeds – it force feeds scenes because the scene may be going too fast or, or, and so it makes things very blurry. Okay. Um, it, it doesn't look clear and crisp. Um, the setting is good for sports because sports can kind of move kind of, can kind of move pretty fast. And so it's built for that. But in terms of these movies where action goes slow and fast and slow and fast, it's not really the best, um, Directors have complained about it before. I have a list of them here. And this is just home video, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is this is home video. This is okay. not in the movie theaters. Uh, the movie theaters still have um, everything. The technology. Yeah, the technology is. is exactly the way they want it. Okay. Um, but as I said, there's a list of James Gunn, Ryan Johnson, Chris Chris McQuarrie, Edgar Wright, Reed Moreno. Um, these are all people who have pointed this out before, and Tom Cruise has also mentioned it as well. Okay. Um, so my personal experience with it, I've noticed it for a long time. I just never really put a name to it before because okay. there are certain films that you can watch at home, and they look bad. And what I mean by that is they, the, the graphics stand out like a sore thumb. And I always thought that was that was a result of – the new, the the Blu-ray doesn't mesh with the TV, or the TV doesn't mesh with the Blu-ray. I thought it was something, some along, something along those lines, but it's not. It's actually this TV smoothing that's okay. causing it to look so bad. I've never seen a movie in the theater that I thought was poorly, poorly uh, created, you know, on okay. film. Sure. Um, because they they have them exactly the way they, that they're supposed to be, but when you get these HD TVs that aren't really um, you know, they have this setting on there that's supposed to be for like gaming and, 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 and it's sports. like super, super HD, right? Yeah. Like the latest yes. and greatest yes. technology yes. that looks like you're like, it, film, lo- it looks like yes. you're like looking outside. A soap opera, they call it. Yeah. It looks like a soap opera. They, they, they call and it. That's soap- not, that's not how the films no, are supposed to no, be. No, it looks terrible. It looks absolutely terrible. I can't, I, there, there's what well, I was very, I was having trouble purchasing, um, the original Star Wars, I was very mixed about purchasing the original six Star Wars movies on Blu-ray versus DVD because I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see the, the graphics stand out like a sore thumb and, and have it like look fake to me. Um, but now that I know that it's a setting on the actual TV, and this is something that's not going to go away um, because even though even – though, uh, even though there, there are many directors that are coming out against this, um, the fact that it's so good for sports and other, and other avenues like, like 
video games and things like that people play on their TVs. Mm-hmm. You need it for those kinds of those kinds of uh, experiences. Sure. But, but for these movies where there's a lot of fast and slow action and it's not really consistent. It's not cinematic. No, right? it's not cinematic. Absolutely. So when you're watching sports, it's you want you want it to you feel like you're this. there, right? Because yes. you want to feel like yes. you're in the stadium, you're in the arena, whatever it is, but it's not meant to be cinematic. So yeah, it's just it's just it's just interesting. Um, the thing that's a big deal now is that, like I said, you get some big time directors like Christopher Nolan. Not saying that the other the other directors I mentioned weren't big time, but that was years ago that they mentioned. Sure, this, this is something that maybe a lot of directors are going to be coming together on, and who knows? We may we may see it may because there we you can change the settings on your TV, but it's kind of ambiguous. It's not really easily it, you can't really do it very easily. So. What may happen as a result of this is people uh, may start producing TVs with a setting that you can easily flip from movie mode to sports mode or something like that. There may be like that now, but I'm not familiar with it. Do you feel like, you know, again, a lot of these directors, you know, maybe feel like the cinematic experience is going away possibly? That's interesting. So now they have to be the way that most people are going to view their films are going to be on home on their home entertainment. I didn't read that. So do but, they? I, I didn't read either. I was just a, no. That's a very interesting question. Just curious that maybe they feel like most of the people now they're not watching their films on the big screen. They're seeing their films in their home video, so they want to make sure that it's seen the way that they they want it to be seen. Very interesting. This is a topic that you yeah. know we'll revisit. I'm sure we'll revisit because um, I think it's interesting. But but thanks for doing that research. That's I thought it. it was kind of a cool story, and we'll follow up with it. Joe Joe will keep keep his eye on it. Yeah, that'll be his weekly homework. And if something else <laughs> comes out for it, he'll let you know. Um, the next topic um, is kind of the the main topic of the week. Um, again, it's a topic that I don't want to talk about. It's something that worries me. DC uh, DC films. DC. Yeah, it's we it keeps coming coming back and forth. Uh, we'll we'll start off with Cyborg. Um, cyborg film delayed or yeah. maybe not happening at all. Yeah. Um, Ray Fisher, who's the actor who plays Cyborg, he's only been in he's been he was in Batman v Superman, but it was very much like a thirty second cameo. He mostly showed up in Justice League. He talked about how because of the CG effects of the character and what it takes to actually you know be him because he is a you know he's a he's a he's he's not human. Yeah, he's a cyborg. Um, it would cost $200 million just to make the film alone. Interesting. Um, which is a Huge, whole ton yeah. of money for a character that's not Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman. Um, so that's probably not going to happen anytime soon unless the next time he appears, he's just like the, the crowd favorite. Um, I, hope, I hope we see Cyborg again. We don't really know. Uh, the next big news that came out of uh, is Henry Cavill. Um, we don't know what's happening. So I'm going to give you guys kind of the background information. Yep. I wrote down some of the quotes and then we're going to get Joe's reaction. And then we're going to kind of see where we're at. So this dropped earlier in the week. Reports came out that Henry Cavill is out as Superman. This comes from a report that Henry Cavill declined a cameo role in Shazam based on pay. Again, when he signed on for Superman, he signed on for three films. As most actors do, they sign on for multiple films. Um, and then you renegotiate, um, with the success of, or lack of success, as it were, uh, Henry Cavill is renegotiating, kind of feels that he deserves a big bump up into Hollywood's kind of elite. Warner Brothers kind of says our DC films aren't necessarily pumping out the best. Um, so we're not going to pay you this kind of top dollar. Basically, you're not getting Ben Affleck money to a certain extent. Um, this is kind of what he wanted to be on. The agent came out later in the day after the internet broke that day. That basically was like Henry Cavill's out. The agent came out with a statement on Twitter, I guess just a tweet, said, Be peaceful. The cape is still in his closet. Warner Brothers has been and continues to be our partners as they as they and the DC partners, as they, some I can't read my own writing, something in the DC universe, uh, anticipate a Warner Brothers statement later today. The Warner Brothers statement reads as such, while no decisions have been made regarding any Superman films, we've always had great respect for and a great relationship with Henry Cavill, and that remains unchanged. 
So what this basically says is, one, he's not going to be in Shazam for whatever reason. Um, But two, there's no Superman films in development. We know this. We know that right now they don't want to make a Man of Steel 2. We know that. For whatever reason, whether you like Man of Steel 1, whether you didn't like it, uh, the studio doesn't want to make it. They want to focus on Wonder Woman. They want to focus on new characters. They want to do something different. Um, how is this coming out overall? It's just weird. And this is the type of stuff that scares me with DC. You were a big fan of, of Man of Steel, Joe. I, I know you like the film. Are you surprised by this? Do you have any comment on it? Are you sad? We're probably, we're probably never going to get a Man of Steel too. I, I actually, you know, you, you and a lot of our listeners know how I feel about Man of Steel. I thought it was a great, great movie. I liked the story it told. I liked the fact that he was kind of like an, a, you know, he was, it was a struggle for him to kind of get acclimated into life as, you know, on earth. I liked the story it told. I liked the actors that were in it. Um, I liked the music, Hans Zimmer. Um, I am a little sad um, and, and disappointed, but you, you've you made a believer out of me that it, that it wasn't a big hit at the box office. The facts are facts. It wasn't. I mean, it made money. It, it just, made it money. Wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't a knockout. Yeah, it wasn't Christopher Nolan no. Dark Knight money. It no. wasn't Marvel money. And that's what it was competing against. Yes. Um, it was this was right after this was right after Batman begins and the Dark Knight rises and all that. Yeah. Um it was you know so they want to you may you make an excellent case that it's trying to be something it's not. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I, but the facts are the facts that it's not it's not highly reviewed. It got like a like a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. I forget what it was. Um, that sounds that sounds about right. But I I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was great. I liked the story. I thought it was a fresh take, especially since Superman Returns was so god awful. Even though it had Kevin Spacey in it as Lex Luthor, who he was who was he was very good at it. He was the best part. Of yeah, that he was the best part of that film. Um, I'm disappointed, but I understand where they're going. I mean, I I will say that a couple days ago I noticed that. Henry Cavill was working out with like a Superman shirt. Or right. Something. Yeah. Nothing official is yeah. happened. So nothing official. He, I mean, but as you've mentioned before, there's no real, I don't really see them going in this direction of making another Superman film when they have so many other characters to explore. Yeah. Um, they got Aquaman coming out. They got Wonder Woman 1984. They got Shazam. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll, hopefully a Flash movie. You know, we have a Flash the Batman movie, yeah. which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm disappointed, but I understand. I, understand. I, I liked Man of Steel. Um, not as much as me. I, not as much as you. You know, I think it's okay to to not be a purist when it comes to the comics and, and change the character and do little things. Um, I can see why a lot of DC fans did not like the film for that reason because it changed a lot of what the character is, what the character was. Um, regardless of, of that, regardless of even Justice League or Batman v Superman, I thought Henry Cavill was good as Superman. He was good with the material that was given to him. We knew nothing um, about him. This was probably his breakout role. It, he, I mean, he had done some, some TV work and some done some other things, but you're right. This was his first kind of big break, and I think that kind of goes back to to what we talked about with the renegotiating his contract. He was uh, just a mission possible. He was just, and, yeah. And you enjoyed that. You thought he was very good. Yeah. At that. He had just, he had just kind of been breaking out when he got the role for Superman. So whether you're, whether or not you think the last three DC films were, were failures or not, um, his profile has certainly been raised tenfold. So now everyone knows who he is. So he certainly feels like he deserves to get paid like it. Um, Again, the only thing newsworthy that comes out of this is that we're not getting a Man of Steel to Warner Brothers. They don't they don't say one way or the other that he's definitely coming back um, in the ne- in future installments. We we but we don't we didn't they didn't say that they fired him either. No. Um, so it's just weird. Um, again, I I'd, I'd love I I would very much like to see Henry Cavill stay on. 
um, if Henry Cavill does move on from the role, I think he'd actually be a great uh, James Bond replacement for Daniel Craig when Daniel Craig steps out again. He is British, um, kind of got that charm going for him. Uh, but again, he's obviously younger, so he could fill the role for a while. But um, interesting stuff. The next film that we're going to talk about is The Batman. Again, I don't think this is surprising that a bunch of Batman news kind of dropped this week. Again, maybe Warner's is kind of leaking some of this stuff to kind of get away from the negative publicity that she got from from Superman. Um, we got some random little rumors for the actual Batman, the title character of actors who are going to play. So again, it looks more and more like Ben Affleck will, of course, not return to play Batfleck. Um, Batfleck. Which, to me, is... You know, it's a little disappointing because I... disappointing. I, yeah, I, I enjoyed Ben Affleck and Batman v Superman. I thought he was the best part of that story. Wow. When he came on uh, to play Batman and basically Warner's, which is his home studio, where he's done films like Argo and Gone Baby Gone and things like that, the idea was he was going to direct a Batman film with him in it. I would have been all about seeing a Ben Affleck-directed Batman film. Um, doesn't appear like we're going to get it. Obviously, Matt Reeves, most known for Cloverfield and, and the Planet of the Apes revival, is going to take the, the helm. We've already talked about that. A couple names have popped up, so I'm going to read those names, Joe. Then I want to get your impression as to what you think might be the best one. If any of them are, if there's none, whatever you think. Yep. Uh, Warner Brothers has reportedly done a mock-up and kind of has their sights set on the studio. Some studio executives have their sights set on Kit Harrington who, of course, is known as Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. Again, Warner Brothers owns HBO, so that's kind of in the studio. Uh, Kit Harington is, is obviously done some films and done some things, but Game of Thrones is by far his, his breakout role. Uh, we mentioned Oscar Isaac before uh, for Operation Finale. Um, Matt, This is apparently Matt Reeves' first choice to play Batman Bruce Wayne. Um, Oscar Isaac is, of course, currently in the Star Wars franchise, but his commitments to that look to be over with Episode Nine, probably. And then George Miller, who was one of the more iconic writers of Batman. Um, again, this, this is more of an outside perspective, has Army Hammer as his choice to play Batman Bruce Wayne. So of those three, Joe, do you have one that stands out to you, or, do you, or does this all sound like a bad idea? I mean, all the actors, I, I, I looked at all the actors. I, I'm not too familiar with Kit Harrington because I don't watch Game of Thrones. I know. I apologize. Um, You're only hurting yourself. I know. I know. Um, shout out to uh, my, my co-host here who went and saw a, a symphony version of Game of Thrones. You want to tell people about that um, real quick? Yeah, they, they, um, this is the second year in a row that San Jose's actually hosted. It's the Game of Thrones live in concert, so they play um, the music from the show. The symphony kind of is there, and they have some specialty musicians, and they play the the scenes in the background. It, it's Again, this is a TV show, so you're usually I'm usually watching it by myself. It's not like a movie where you're going and experiencing it, but when you go to things like this where there's tons of people in cosplay and there and, and just whenever their favorite characters come on screen, whether it's the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, people go ape shit. They start yelling. Um, so it's a very cool experience. Um, I mean, Game of Thrones is seven seasons in now, so if you're not, yeah. if you're not on the hype train now, it's hard to yeah. catch up. Um, I will say it's probably the best thing I've ever seen on television. Um, it's so good. The best thing on television. The best thing I've ever seen on television. Wow. Um, that, is, that, is, that is saying something. It's, that is saying something. It's so good. But in any event, um, so I don't know much about Kit Harrington. Um, I've seen pictures of him. I mean, if he's shaved, I guess maybe he could fit Batman. I think he's a, I think he, he's a younger yeah, younger he, actor, a which kind of yeah. where you could maybe do three films, three films yeah. and you can kind of yeah. build his way into it. I'm not sure about Oscar Isaac, not because I don't think he could play Bruce Wayne, but because I don't know that he would want to. Um, he doesn't seem like the kind of actor that would want to play a role like that. Um, I think you and I are opposite on that. I think he'd really? love the opportunity to do that. Really? I do. I don't know. I just, I've seen movies that he's been in. 
He's been in. He, I mean, not that Batman won't. Not that the Batman won't be a drama movie, but it's it's not. It it, w- it would be more mainstream than I think the movies that he's done. Maybe he wants a break from all the offbeat movies that he's done. But like a most violent year, there were other movies that he's been in that I've yeah. seen him in. Those are not like blockbuster movies. So I maybe if he wants something fresh, he'll do it. But I just can't. I, I think he does. I love him in Star Wars, but he he's given nothing to do in yes, Star Wars. He doesn't do anything. And he barely I, has any I think goals. he would. You know. I mean, it's kind of like the Christian Bale thing, like where Christian Bale was almost always doing independent work, not independent work, but kind of smaller studio That's films. True. And then That's he, okay, fair you enough. know, he, but again, a lot of that was because of Christopher Nolan and the chance he gave him and the writing and things like that. So yeah, it's easy to say I'm going to be in a big action film because it's awesome. But again, it's also the quality of the film that you're getting into. Yeah. Um, again, I have no idea if Oscar Isaac would actually want to do it. Again, he was in the last... Enough. He was an ex on Apocalypse, which was kind of weird. Yeah, um, kind of I just, you know, Star Wars, he, he does good in it. He's just not given yeah. a ton to do. He Army. probably made a bunch of money off it. Oh, but. I'm sure. Um, in terms of Army Hammer, I I don't really know much about him either. I, I mean, I've seen him in a couple movies. He was in J. Edgar. He was in, obviously, the, show, the Social Network, which he was fantastic in. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in The Lone Ranger. Yeah. Um, he was the Lone Ranger. I don't, I just, I mean, I can see all these characters playing Batman, but in my opinion, with the way DC has been run and the way things are right now, I don't want to see another Batman film right now. I okay. don't. Um, okay. I still have, I mean, especially since we just saw The Dark Knight in theater, and that is just such an epic movie. I don't, I mean, it's. it, it will be the curse of Nolan for a while in my opinion I think it's going to take something pretty special to kind of break out of that mold and make another Batman movie that stands up to that it doesn't have to be equal it doesn't have to be the same type of story but I mean just the way he told it and everything about it just it was pretty epic it went one of the best trilogies I've ever seen and so, but those actors they're all good actors I mean, you do make a, a compelling case for Oscar Isaac. I mean, it would be interesting to see. It would be interesting. But after seeing him in, op- like I said, Operation Finale, I just don't see it. It's hard for me to envision him playing Bruce Wayne. I don't know. I just can't see it. But okay. what about you? Um, I mean, I think all those are wonderful choices. I, To me, when, when I read this from George Miller, I think Army Hammer is actually the perfect choice. Um, because not only, again, not only are you playing Batman, you're playing Bruce Wayne. And Army Hammer is this charismatic, young, good-looking guy who kind of can be the playboy, kind of playboy by day, vigilante by night. That That's what Bruce Wayne is. Bruce Wayne is very much... Just because he was in the Lone Ranger and he wore a mask? No. <laughs> uh, I mean, he... Army Hammer, when you see him on film, he's very charming. He's very charismatic. Um, and that's kind of what Bruce Wayne is. Bruce Wayne is people in the comics and, and people, you know, people see Bruce Wayne in this Gotham verse and they don't take Bruce Wayne seriously because he's kind of this philanderer. He's kind of a playboy. They don't know the real Bruce Wayne. And I think, you know, Army Hammer can, can play both of those. So for me, I, I think he'd be a great choice. Uh, we're definitely going to get... Uh, a Batman film, a Batman series. It is by far Warner Brothers. I mean, you could say Harry Potter might be Warner Brothers' most popular property. But, I mean, after that, it definitely is Batman. Um, and again, with uh, the lack of success of Justice League and things like that, they, they definitely need to, to bring the character back. Um, you know, I mean... I, I just worry about oversaturation is all. That's, sure. That's what I worry about. I, I, yeah. I've I, already, we've discussed that with, with Star Wars. Yeah. There, there have been there have been seven Batman films, I've, eight with Batman v Superman. So there, he has been on screen a lot. True, and I've discussed this with uh, with uh, Bond films. We don't see those all the time, so it's you know it's it builds up the suspense when you finally do actually see the film. Not saying that that makes the film necessarily better, but. In some ways, it builds up the hype and the, and the anticipation for the film. I, sure. But that's just my opinion. No, I don't think you're wrong. You're not wrong in your opinion. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I still would have put money that at Comic-Con we would have gotten news about it, and we haven't. And it's been, you know, two months on from Comic-Con, and we still haven't really heard anything about it. And we know that his script is done, his initial script is done. So um, all we really know is, is Aquaman, Wonder Woman 1984, and Shazam, and that's really all we know so far. So, again, I'm still... I'm worried that all this DC news came out because, again, we don't hear this stuff from Marvel, per se. Like, Marvel kind of keeps it under wraps and they kind of do their their own thing. That's kind of a train that keeps moving. Um, I'm still very much holding out hope for Aquaman um, and, and hoping that it turns out for the best. But if you guys have an opinion on who could possibly play the Batman, if it's someone we didn't even mention, if there's someone... Um, if, it's you or I, Mac, if it's you or I, no, nope, that's that. definitely not going to happen. Um, <laughs> let us know. Um, now I got a couple tidbits for theme parks just to kind of wrap it up. Um, uh, coming to both Disneyland and Disney World, Nutcracker and the Four Realms are going to start to kind of do some promotional things in Disney California Adventure and the Hollywood Showcase Theater. They're going to show a sneak peek. Of Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Again, that is the land in Hollywood Studios. It's right by the Monsters, Inc. ride. So that's the theater that will kind of show you the 15-minute preview. The film opens up in November, so it makes sense that they're kind of starting to push it now. Um, I would say of the three Disney films opening in the holiday season, I would say this is might be their their least well-known property. I think Wreck-It Ralph and obviously Mary Poppins are going to be you can just put those two names out and they're going to be bonkers. I think Nutcracker and the Four Realms is a different choice for Disney and maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe not just franchise. They're looking to do something else. So we'll see if you're in Disneyland, if you're in Disney, Disney California Adventure uh, in the next month, month and a half, you will be able to check out a scene. So if you're there, please let us know. Let us know what you think. They usually show a good 15 minutes of a film. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph is coming to the Void at Disney World only. So at the Void, we've talked about this, it's the virtual reality. They have this in downtown Disney and Disneyland where they do it with Star Wars, um, where you can basically go and kind of be in a Star Wars mission that looks like you're in virtual reality. Apparently, it's been very popular, especially in Disney World. Although you and I didn't see a line in Disneyland. It looks like you could just kind of walk up and do it. Yeah. But it was a little pricey. Yeah. Um, but Wreck-It Ralph is apparently coming to the void. So maybe you can be a cartoon character of some sort. I don't really know. Um, I loved Wreck-It Ralph, the first Wreck-It Ralph. So I'm, I'm holding anticipation for Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, but that's coming there. Um, we have some progress. Walt Disney World, the Disney Skyliners, which are kind of like the gondolas. Um, that will be going from park to park and from some resorts to certain parks. They are The buildings are kind of getting built right now. They're looking at a mid-2019 finale date or ready date. These Skyliners can apparently go up to 16 miles per hour, which is pretty fast. They're going to be enclosed gondolas, I guess. Um, so it's kind of like an enclosed ski lift type of a thing. Um Again, Disney World is such a massive property. It's like its own city regardless. Um, There's four theme parks. There's like 25 resorts. There's two water parks. Um, So there are some places that you can get to by monorail. There are some places you get to by bus. There are some places that you get to by uh, boat, uh, by car you get to some of these places. So... That's kind of been the one criticism of Disney World is that it's too big. It's too expansive. There's like three golf courses on the property. There's a downtown Disney there. It's just kind of this massive thing. Um, so the gondolas or the Skyliners, as they're calling them, are meant to be uh, meant to help with said traffic and said confusion. Um, so there's that. Uh, Bugs Land has officially closed in Disney California Adventure, I know, Joe, you're very, very sad about that. Um, that is your favorite land in Disney California Adventure. Um, if you guys go on Disney Parks blog, um, you will see images of a wall around a Bugs Land. What's very, very cool, again, Disney does very, very cool things like this throughout its park. Uh, the writing on it is a Starks Industry, Starks Industry uh, under construction which is very, very cool. They do little kind of snippets like that. Um, Again, we're not going to get anything 
for a long term, long while in terms of Marvel rides. Uh, we probably won't get the details of that until D23 next year in August. Um, the next topic, um, kind of tidbit, there's not really any news about this, but you kind of brought up a point last week about Tomorrowland and about how it wasn't really Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. It wasn't really about the future. Um, so I did a little research on it, um, on some other Tomorrowlands and some other parks. And I'd actually like you to do this for next week is to maybe kind of come up with some ideas Maybe some something you think about, some renovations for Tomorrowland. Um, one thing that I kind of wrote down in Tomorrowland Disneyland, it's no longer available, but in Disney World it is. It's the People Mover. <laughs> um, you mentioned that the track on top of Tomorrowland is obviously still there, Disneyland. I don't know if it's still possible to do that. Um, I think that'd be very cool. In Walt Disney World and in Disney... Uh, Walt Disney World's coming, the Tron light cycle. Um, so it's basically like you're on a light cycle, uh, and then you're just kind of like a, a roller coaster in that sense. Um, it's supposed to be very cool. Again, logistically, I don't know where you actually put that. Um, Disney Tokyo, they're building a big Hero 6 the ride. We don't know anything else about that. But surprisingly, or not surprisingly, in almost every Tomorrowland across all the parks, there's a Buzz Lightyear. There's a Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. Obviously, there's no no surprise that there's a Space Mountain, but there's also Star Tours in almost all of these places as well. Um, so what changes would you see at Disneyland? I don't know. I'm going to give Joe a week to think about it, maybe think of some new rides or some new things um, there. Again, you know, the future Tomorrowland is the one land that, in theory, should be changing the most, um, simply because, again, it's always for the future. Um, I, I like the experiences at Tomorrowland right now. Um, I think I like Buzz Lightyear more than you do. Uh, you know, it's a fine ride. I like Finding Nemo, I think, more than you do. Again, what are you going to do with that? You know, that's really the only thing you could do with the submarine voyage unless you take out the entire lagoon, which would cost a fortune. Um, the only other thing that's weird is, is Autotopia. You know, maybe kids like it, you know, things like that. But again, the line for Audiotopia is not very long. Um, but again, I don't really know how to change that or what to do. Obviously, you're not going to take out Space Mountain. That's going to stay forever. That's a classic. Uh, but what are you going to do with Star Tours when Galaxy's Edge opens? Are you going to leave that there? Who knows? Any initial thoughts off the top of your head? Or do you want to save it for next week? Uh, I'll, I'll uh, reserve my comments for next week. Okay. So I expect some some good answers for you next week then, All right. on that. But I, I thought that was interesting, so I kind of wrote that down, although I didn't really follow up with it so much. Again, I want to remind you guys, this Wednesday, September 19th, at Elusive Comics and Games, Derek McCaw will be there signing copies of his book, I Was Flesh Gordon. Uh, he'll be there from 6 to 9. Again, that's Elusive Comics and Games in Santa Clara. He'll be there from 6 to 9. There will be books on site you purchase. If you do not have a book bought already, you can obviously buy the book on Amazon as well. Go to fanboyplanet.com, subscribe, go to the Facebook page, like, Twitter page, follow, all that good stuff. Um, Check out my full Predator review. Should be online in the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, You saw some good films this week, Joe. Saw some good stuff. It's going to be that time of year where good films are coming out. So yeah, and you've actually hinted that you, you're you thinking more and more about that, that subs list because Absolutely. of all the films coming out. Absolutely. Okay. It's a three-month minimum membership, though, so that definitely – it's kind of interesting. Well, I'm just saying, like, I can't, like, sign up and quit the next month or something like that. You have to sign up for a minimum of three months. Okay. A little, Fair a little, a little wrinkle into the I, – I don't – maybe I signed up early enough. I don't know. Oh. But I – yeah, I mean, because yeah. in, in three months we're going to hit November that's and December, true. and that's when all the the majority of the films I want to see coming out are anyways. Yeah. So at that point, there's like two or three films per week that come out anyways that I yeah. want to see. So yeah, um, yeah sounds good. Um, thank you guys again for listening. As always, it means the world to us. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Um, again, we're, we're doing great in terms of number of listeners and people listening to the channel, listening to the podcast. 
Uh, we could really use your help, though, with rating and reviewing it and things like that, because that's only going to get us more exposure. Um, anything else you want to say to everybody, Joe, before we leave? Um, no, that's it. Just uh, more of the second what you said. Thanks, everyone, for your continued support. Um, without you, we probably wouldn't be doing this um, or we wouldn't have anybody to listen to us. So <laughs> we could just be talking. Yeah, we would just be talking to ourselves, and we don't want to do that. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Take care. Have a good week.